Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Financial Griot. We're here where we like to just discuss and share our conversation and life experiences um, surrounded by money, but more importantly, just trying to be the best version of ourselves and actual steps to share along with you. I am one of three of the co-hosts, Atlanta Elson. And, you know, today I have another co-host here. Lovely's not here, unfortunately. But, you know, we got Lawrence on the sideline just trying to be around with his hat, you know, being, you know, an adult and stuff. Lawrence, how are you? <laughs> I, I'm okay. You know, I'm going to start off on, on, on the high, you know. It, is, it was high a high run. note. The high run. The high <laughs> run. My name is Lawrence Double Gonzalez. I'm also known as the neighborhood finance guy. Uh, I love to have this conversation with my co-host who, you know, obviously, you know, I, I heard about your school and, and your lack of security around a, a certain statue. So obviously that's the level of class that you guys really show over there, which uh, class with the, 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 the A and the SS, you know, kind of like, you know, capitalized there. Because it seems like there's a lot of that going on at FAMU. You know, so we just choosing violence, right? Just, it's not even one o'clock. Violence, you know, that's just what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we decided to just go in the depth. We're not speaking like, about that. The, All right, yeah, with the jab. The, the, you know, the, the level funny, of shame is, is the is, is funniest absolutely... thing I heard somebody say, and, and it's like, hey, I can't believe she did that, but let's be real, let's keep it a hundred. She's not a truly a FAMU uh, graduate. Why? Because she she did her undergrad at FIU. I'm like, dang, that's some shade. Like she's not really FAMU material. She's just like, she's an offshoot. She just came for a grad school. We can't claim her 100% because she went to fa- We're FIU. We're not like, fully claiming her, right? Oh, oh man. It's like she ain't no rattler. Like, mm-mm-mm. You, uh, you don't feel bad? Like that, that wasn't a lot. Did you, did you comment? Did you, did you tell all your friends? No. <laughs> Why would I do that? You know, I'm, I, you know, I'm in Tallahassee this weekend. I'm going to definitely, I'm going to ride by. I'm going to see if they got a little saying. This, this is a very like special place now. I think they have, they have like security or someone out there. At this no, they said they, they added camera now. Okay. That thing. They added camera. They put it on the sign. And obviously you could be prosecuted or, you know, academic stuff for sure. Oh, yeah. And to anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about here, uh, recently, uh, there it was a graduate, um, a, a master's in, I believe, master's in education or social work. One the she other, she even know the difference between you and you are, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think she, yeah, master's is something. So she graduated, I think education, and, yeah, yeah. And she felt um, compelled to compelled. up the ante, <laughs> you know, and to show, you know, the world what she's capable of. So she basically stripped to her birthday suit and took a graduation photo suit next to like the. The you know like one of the statues. Typically, people do that for their graduate graduation shoots. They kind of just they wear actual clothes and they wear the, the garments on and whatnot, and they just pose and they do that, and it's a celebratory moment. But for her, she felt the need to just do that um, naked. So and then she posted it on social media, and people I don't know what she thought. She thought she was gonna you know get a lot of likes. She's gonna get a lot of love. But she, you know, obviously you're going to get a little bit of that, but you're going to get a whole lot of other people that's going to tell you their opinions and it's not going to be as pretty as you think it is. So if you're thinking about making these decisions, just, you know, think about it twice. And whoever's taking the photos, for God's sake, just tell your friend no. Just say no. If you're the photographer, I guess if you're getting paid, just say no too. Because it's just, somebody has to say no at some point. And and I mentioned 
this to you before like there's no level of shame anymore in our culture in our society like no one want to say no to something like the more compass in this culture right now in this um in in this like just environment is so low i can't even explain it to you like for you to step up and say you know what i don't think this is a good idea sweetheart <laughs> i really don't think it's a good idea cuz you're you're using the platform of a um historical hbcu and the likeness of it to to be um to catch the eyes and to you know to to kind of become quote unquote viral Right. And I think that's the thing. People are trying to catch that wave in attempting to become viral. But most time viral is by accident. And she's doing this just to get this promo, whatever she's doing. Because I also noticed, too, on her Twitter that she has an EP or some kind of shake music and whatever. And I just want to let you everyone know out there, like everyone in Florida it's not down with city girls. Let's just be honest. <laughs> We're not. We're all are not city girls down here in Florida. There's so many mixed cultures and Caribbean and people from international countries that come here to Florida, come here to school. And to use that for your own lightness and for your own agenda is just so disgusting because I love my school. And then you've done so much for the community and for people to be placed in positions that they are now which is a good segue because today's topic, we're talking about uh, social mobility as well as economic mobility. Um, I shared this in the group chat with you all about, there was a project that was done, um, it's called Opportunity Atlas. Um, what they did was they shared the data, they received the data from uh, the Census Bureau, Harvard and Boston University. And depend on your geographic location, um, or your zip code or whatnot, it will say how many different classism that you are in proximity to. So the connection that they're trying to share with this data is to say that the more different class that you are, um, I guess, located or have some form of relationship with, it actually increase your social mobility. So not only in colleges or universities um, that you are in, but being around, you know, for example, we're talking about FAMU, um, but across, you know, the wave, there's Florida State. And you also have uh, TCC, which is the Tallahassee Community College, one of the biggest community college here in the state. So there's so many different um, types of, I guess, social class that comes to college, come to Tallahassee for school. But also in surrounding that region, you have government is the capital of Florida, right? So you had different political um, people that are there, representative there, legislation happens in the state. So it, it kind of make you think that, um, is, it, is it fair to say, Lawrence, that um, if you purposely keep yourself surrounded, like let's, you know, you, we're in college right now, right? We're surrounded by, you know, we're in the capital, um, you go to Florida State, I go to FAMU, and we, we're surrounded by all these types of people, socioeconomic classes. Is it fair to say that if you are purposely trying to remain in your group set of friends, then your level of social mobility or economic mobility can decrease when you're not trying to intermingle with others? Yes. Um, and I think we know that by um, just the way we've lived throughout Florida. I know we started off at, you know, pretty much like, you know, if we had to really say who we are, I think a lot of Americans never really want to be honest about what they started. Everybody thinks they're middle class, but you ain't no middle class. 
You, we were nah. in low class. <laughs> like we, we were, we didn't. I mean, we you had to say like that. Yeah, was, was, we were low class. Like, how bad you feel about it? Like, like mm, low class, not me. Oh, like, I mean, I mean, we were, we're that low we were, now. We were financially <laughs> unstable. They, but no matter what they call it now, but there was no point in time where I could say that you know, hey, the we had food in the fridge all the time. There wasn't um, a time where we could turn on the AC and kind of have it full blast all day, so on and so forth. Like running water, there was always a certain amount of instability when it comes to money and cash flow. Maybe the kids didn't feel it 100%, but the parents did, especially as their kids grew older, eating more food, so on and so forth. And I know you've been experiencing that with your, your nieces popping up every once in a while, like the utilities model went up, you know, you're like, what the heck? Because yes. kids, are, kids are, 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 are notorious for turning on the TV, turning on the computer, getting on their cell phone, while listening to something else all at one time, they're just like burning through all the electricity just because. All the time. All then they time. got a, they get, they got the nerve to after they rolled over, they're like, mm, I'm hungry. Like like you did any real work, <laughs> like you did any real thing today. They they eat a lot, and yeah. my my oldest niece, she's damn near tall as me. I'm five nine, and she's only twelve. No, eleven or twelve. She's up there. But she yeah. is so tall. I just feel like she just had this major growth spurt that's happening. Every time I turn around, she's hungry. <laughs> the yeah. youngest one is hungry. And they do you that, know? Like, I'm hungry. I'm like, what? <laughs> like you just say. Speak, yeah, speak, speak up. <laughs> like something. Like, right. Up. So All I'm right. saying this because we we are from that um, group of people that I'm um, seeing a lot of social mobility from attending a, a college, getting a, a decent job, and even through our experiences. So it does change you a lot. I think those people that typically hold on to whatever social group that they've ever belonged to, they, they don't experience the same level of uh, rapid growth or even any growth over time. I, know, I still know people that have never really been outside of Miami, even though Fort Lauderdale is like 30 minutes away. 30 minutes away, right. Or even like they've never been to West Palm Beach, three hours or whatever it is. They've never been to, a lot of people in, in South Florida, never been to Key Largo, Key West. Mm-mm. We ain't hitting no. that. It's a long uh, drive. I ain't, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, it's a long drive. But I'm saying overall, we don't really get, we, we only get as far as our social class sometimes. If you're not willing yeah. to actually traverse it, you're never gonna learn how to be different. And for some people, they, they their comfort zone is to be around people just like them. And by proxy and by, you know, other, you know, bad reasons, they just end up staying there their entire lives. So I still know people that have never been out of the state of Florida, whereas I've traveled over 24 countries. Other people, and they've had almost the same um, opportunities that I've, I've ever had in my life. So it comes down to that as well. You have to be willing to decide to, I'm going to learn from other people. There's people that, hey, they never learned how to dance salsa. I'm like, in Florida? Why not? You know, so like what's what's the hardest thing for you to do is like it's just go down the street and dance salsa or eat different type of meals different type of foods and you're right that study really um hopefully opens people's eyes to the idea that you you really stay within that social class and i believe in that um, article as well they talked about it and they generally term it as the, the friendship bias like around your friendship group is what you're going to end up being so if you are friends with somebody that's rich, likely if you're the poor one, you can, you're going to slightly tear yourself towards that, that, um, that pole, like that mag- mag- magneticism of being richer. So you're not going to end up being as, um, I guess, poor as you used to be. So there's always like a, a, a way that we change. And eventually we stop even like communicating with um, social groups that we're from. They even put that in there as well. So if you get to a point where you're top 1%, 
you never really see the bottom 99%. You never even interact with them. You don't say real words. So that's why when you hear politicians say, yeah, I understand where you're from. No, they don't. They're multimillionaires. They don't understand where you're from <laughs> at all. They're, they're in D.C. They're insulated. They don't know what the financial instability is. They don't know what, you know, making cutbacks. They don't really know what inflation is really doing to people. On a theoretical level, they heard, hey, prices are up 9%. On a theoretical level, they said, well, you have to pay an additional 500 bucks. But what's 500 bucks to a person making five grand a month, 10 grand a month? It's, yeah, you feel it, but you're not feeling it the same way as a person that's bringing in around like $2,000 or less. That's going to be problematic for people. So I, I, I did, I really, I enjoyed that article. I, I think it's great. And the report in there as well, if you click on it, you find a little bit more information and it, it's really telling. Yeah, absolutely. And you made some great points about the article, but um, one, the big question they do kind of touch on is why the American dream is more alive and more in um, other places than it is in um, other areas, right? So the, the, I guess the connection and data we're showing is uh, depending on your geographic level, geographic area where you're located, it really depends on not only the salary that you're making, but the surrounding areas and the salary that people around you are making as well. And the proxy to that and the factor they're trying to drive in on is more of, of just the social capital of the value of your friendships and the relationship that you have. And they mentioned in the article, I remember an example, um, it, it was along the lines that uh, she went to a school, a young girl went to a school outside of her district. And you know, for the, for the most part, it was middle-class, uh, very just vast different social classes. And she remember applying to a scholarship, not because she was interested in, because her friend mother, I was encouraging her friend to apply. So she like, well, my friend is doing it. Let me do it too. And it opened up this just a vast opportunity for her and kind of led her to go to law school. And she just loved uh, arguing, just loved debating and became a district attorney, right? So these are just like, I guess, in the grand scheme of things of how we look at the value of our relationships and families. But it's not necessarily to say that because I don't want people to think it's more transactional right? Or you're a doctor, mm, maybe I should go to medical school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not that. I think it's more along the lines of, you know, when you see someone else that you care about or someone else that you kind of form some kind of rapport with or relationship, some level of relationship, you almost want to, uh, it's, it's almost like a living, you know, through them as well. And you kind of want some level of that success too, even when you innately think that you don't, but there's some level of, you know, respectability that you may be acquiring or some level of this different, uh, different classism that you may be acquiring something that's different from your life growing up. But there's, there is a, a, a more important level of social capital because we become stagnant when we are in, you know, high school or we're in like, you know, uh, college and we're just remaining mobile <laughs> within our friend group and not really just interacting with others as well, because I'm from a small town. Um, if you're familiar, familiar with Florida, um, the Lake Okeechobee, which is the biggest lake in the state. Um, so I'm, I'm, I live in the surrounding, you know, small towns in that region, Bell Glade. And for the most part, you know, our population is, is small, but is predominantly a lot of immigrants, a lot of Haitian population that live here. And, um, but however, 40 minutes out west is West Palm Beach. 
in West Palm Beach, um, not only the socioeconomic uh, level of most people here is higher, but um, also just the retirement region. You know, most people just retire here and it's a lot of uh, different classes in, in a bigger city. So by proxy, I was located in the area where, you know, there was more different level of uh, classes that I could be exposed to. Now, depending on your mentality, depending on your experience growing up, in my personal experience, uh, due to the fact that I was in Girl Scouts and I met this wonderful woman that became such a mentor to me, Sister Laura, is uh, she exposed me not to only different experiences, but I was exposed to uh, different people. It, it, being a young age, being a, a young, you know, Black girl and, and talking to these different groups, attending conferences, conventions, being a Girl Scout was one of the biggest, I think, advantage um, and uh, transformative experience that I ever had growing up in a small town or quote unquote hood ghetto area. And it exposed me to wanting more. And having someone in proxy that I look up to who is constantly exposing me to different things, that speak well for me because the, that that experience alone kind of increased my social mobility and, and put the, I guess, you know, traveling bug in me. So right after college, I was able to travel and live in South Korea. So I, I think that we don't we don't really talk about or think about how valuable our um, friendships, our relationships that we do have. And if it's something that you know, you could kind of touch into or someone that you can speak about, then that's, that's, that has more valuable than anything because having that resource, have someone that you've seen done it can encourage you and inspire you to do even better for your life. Yeah, I think you're hundred percent right with that. I think the, the people we are in proximity to, especially the ones we love could kind of feed us information that we probably don't get um, in our own households. I think that's the, the true crux of it all, because growing up looks different for different people. Like me, the way I grew up in my household, the way it functions, the way it moves, you know, not having a we had food instability in my house. Other people didn't have that. Some people when um, when it was like a summer vacation or a break or something like that, there's nothing I could do. Like I could just stay at home, watch TV and just wait until the next day roll over and the next day roll over. Some parents are in, uh, or some families are fortunate enough to get into different activities. They go to summer camp, they travel to see cousins or family, they learn um, different languages, they have different experiences that would really change them. And by the time they come back to school, they come back differently. You know, they come back with their own experiences or, oh, they, got, they come back with stories to tell, where the only story I could tell is that I was home. So ultimately, um, growing up looks different for different people. That's just what it comes down to. And if you are, um, if you're a parent that cannot give your kid everything, I think this is why I always remember parents always saying, try to stick with the right crowd. You know, don't stick with the wrong crowd. It's not to personally, you know, um, I point out somebody and say, hey, that person sucks or that person is not doing it. It's just the idea is for every human being by proxy of the other person in your network, you could slingshot your way to a different type of uh, uh, trajectory. The fact that you got into the Girl Scouts, Girl Scouts kind of led you to more sports that kind of led you to be a little bit more outgoing that you actually left, um, you know, West Palm and went all the way to Tallahassee. And from that point, when a lot of other experiences and even maybe by just fluke chance, you decided to fly all the way to, to, to Asia out here and you're learning, you know, a whole slew of other cultures. So when you come back here, you are changed and you are different by proxy of all these slingshotting effects in your life. And that's what really changes people. 
So when people say, hey, don't hang out with the wrong crowd, it's one of the things you need to really do because you're the average of the, the four people that you hang around with all the time. If you think they're problematic, then you're probably problematic. You're probably king problematic or, or queen problematic. It is what it is. Queen problematic. Hey, some, some people like, you know, some people think like, <laughs> oh, my friend is the problem. Like, nah, you hang around with them. You likely are a problem too. You know, you likely have what, 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 what What's that saying? Birds that flock together? Yeah. The people yeah. you date is like, oh, I can't tell. I can't stand this person. I'm like, mm, maybe, you know, oh, <laughs> you might not be a couple of tea. So there's like, <laughs> there's a whole fundamentals about like how you really change who you are. And also there's these ex- external factors, um, especially the media focuses primarily on a couple of things. They focus on Northeast plus Florida. <laughs> this for some reason, like Florida, Miami is kind of like Northeast for some reason. And then you have the West Coast and then you have Texas. We have 50 states. I actually had to look they it up. Don't forget again. about the middle of the, the <laughs> I, middle I of had the to country. look it up again. Don't I'm, talk like, about that. I'm not, it had to be 50. Is it 48? <laughs> no, it's 50. But I want to hear about so few that the rest don't really even matter. And we don't really see footage from these places as well. Can you, in my, like, if I told you Oklahoma, can you come up with an idea how that looks like? No. The Dust Bowl. That's the last thing I remember. Like, like didn't the they world. have the Oklahoma bomb, bombing or shooting? Yeah, they did. Well, that's, you, you heard about that, but how does it look? <laughs> how does it look? Oklahoma like, City. Know. And you know, it doesn't draw you to go. Like, I don't I think like, to, to oh, the let's thing, go on I don't, vacation. I don't, Oklahoma, I don't think it does what? it not draw you to go. We don't know how it looks. We don't. We don't, we don't look it up because the, the media itself, itself, when they're taking, they're polling for information, they poll from people like them who are in proximity to them. So therefore, they're polling people that are in those um, um, densely populated urban areas. You're going to find a lot of people there anyway, so you don't need to spread out and find more people. You can literally just, you know, hey, New York, how do you think about, you know, what's going on in politics? So you're going to get only New York's version of what's going on, but not necessarily all the other 49 states. So there's something to be said about that proximity to others that really change you. And by you, you need to start venturing out of your comfort zone into other social groups to get to know who they really are instead of kind of casting stuff on them. Some people say, well, in other families, in other cultures, they teach them about financial literacy. That's a lot because there's a whole bunch of other financial literacy representatives of different colors, creeds, and whatever, because they're, they're also not told anything. Oh, the teachers need to tell, teach us financial literacy. Well, the teachers don't even know it themselves. So I'm not quite sure who you see, who's telling you this, but the teachers don't know. It creates so a lot of that you have to yeah. get out your comfort zone to realize that you're not the only one suffering from this stuff, but this, um, and not the only one that could just benefit of coming up with solutions to get somewhere else. So true, because creating those narratives in your head, it, it does create a limited belief that this, this certain thing is not happening because of X, Y, and Z. And because of the other group that we don't know what's going on over there, we create these things um, to assume that it's true, which is not, it's not accurate at all. And it, it kind of makes me to believe why you were talking. And I was thinking about, cause um, like I mentioned before, I'm located here in West Palm beach, West Palm beach, Florida. So there's a difference between West Palm beach. I want to let you guys know there's a distinguished difference between West Palm beach and Palm Beach. <laughs> There's a difference. It's actually a bridge. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a bridge, it's a bridge the that, bridge that separates us. Yes, it's a wow. bridge that separates us. So, um, okay, Palm Beach is like uh, if you if you're aware of uh, Palm Beach Islands, right? It's where the wealthy lives. 
Um, when you think of Jay-Z, think of Vera Lane, yes, they have mansions <laughs> in those areas, right? But um, when we people think that it's not accessible to us, where they're not blocking you <laughs> to go across the bridge. There's there's no discrimination. Like you can go to the beach if you want in Palm Beach if you want. Um, they have these tours that you can see a Jay-Z mansion, you can see a Vera Lane, you can see a Beyonce, like you can see all these wealthy, you know, um estates on a, a nice, you know, not even a yacht, but like this, this nice boat that they do tours all the time for. But people just think that it's so far outreach and it's not it's literally across the bridge you know and i think it's this limited belief that we are placing on ourselves that create this stagnant behavior of where we don't want to do anything because it's out of reach where it's literally like you have to just drive (laughs) across the bridge you know and people just assume all these things are going on and they're placing and projecting these things to make it feel as though they're incapable of doing it because this other party have all these other resources that that's innately not true at all but it could be true to the fact that you're not doing anything about your circumstances because you're too worried about what others are doing yeah i've been i guess listening to too many people say stuff like oh i can't go and move to haiti and and start a business and so on and so forth i can't go to africa and start a business no you can't have you ever tried it <laughs> so like I can't I can't move overseas to do something. Other people have done it. Have you ever tried it? <laughs> so I'm getting to the point where I realize people tell themselves narratives only to keep themselves more comfortable in how they want to live now. If you want to live the way you want to live right now and nothing's gonna change, you know, just don't complain about it to me. Just don't. At least just don't do it because the truth is you don't want to change. You you're cool with everything the way it is, you're cool with, you know the struggle that you're going through, whatever it is, and you just want to share it with other people so they could feel a certain way, but you're not going to try to change it. So I think the people that do find uh, good friends, um, good social networks, and really want to change their lives, could just they literally do it just as easy as the person that doesn't want to change their lives. And I think that's what we're, at least for, the, for me, that's what the article kind of spoke to, that, yeah, you don't have to be the parent that has all the money, but you have to get in community with other parents that can also help your kids. Yeah, oh, you yeah. might not have all mm-hmm. the time in the world, but that's not what everybody else always had. Sometimes they just had community with other people that can also help and assist. So yes, you might not know how to fill out for all the, the FAFSA or the scholarships and stuff like that, but it's up to you to inquire with the school what can be done what other parents are doing it. Maybe my cousin has done it. Maybe the my cousin who's, who's in college right now, she's doing it. You know what I'm saying? How did she get there? So get more open in conversation and that's going to help you pivot. But I think also something we would only say is that a lot of parents don't want their kids to change. At least they know that the moment their kid changes, the kid's not going to be in, in close proximity to them. One of those things that my mom, you know, even though we didn't have, I didn't really stay with her, one of the things that she told my aunt is to never really teach me like how to drive because she her biggest fear is that I'm gonna drive away. And yeah, ever since that's, that's something silly my mom did. I didn't get my my uh, license until I was nineteen. My mom didn't want to teach me. Oh no, I drove away. You didn't teach me, so and then now I know what, what you really did it. I'm like a great driver. I could drive fifteen, you know, fifteen hours. I'm good. Because in the end of the day, you can't hold your kid 
to being who you are, to the constraints that you made up for your life, they're going to have to build their lives the way it's going to be. Sometimes it's going to be close and sometimes it's going to be really far from you. It's a level of control. It's a level of control that they want to keep. Because I remember my senior year, it's almost like yesterday I remember this, like uh, my senior year and I needed um, information for the FAFSA application. You kind of sparked this like memory of mine, a FAFSA application. It's called trauma. It's called trauma. <laughs> yeah, it's trauma, unfortunately. Um, a FAFSA application, you know, when you need the uh, your parents' um, uh, tax taxes information, I needed that to order to complete my financial aid package. I, I really got accepted to college. Everything was like, you know, on up and up. I just needed some information to finalize. I went and asked my mom, of course, you know, her being belligerent and everything, like, no, no, no. It, it was her level like this is the only thing that she can control you know I had everything planned out for me where most things she didn't even know of you know I had everything planned out for me of you know going off to school doing everything even down to the person that was taking me to you know campus right she didn't have to pay for gas she didn't have to do anything and I just needed this one document and she kept saying no where I had to reach out to my older brother to convince her to get this document for me because I want to be able to go to school Right. And, it, and and she had to understand she was not only letting go her youngest, which is, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of six, a baby girl, but she no longer had that that control over me. Like I am in a grown grown adult at this point. So it's 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 something to be said when your parents, when you're noticing, identifying your parents are holding you back and they will hold you back um, unless you choose for them not to. Ooh. Hey, that's a whole other level of stuff that we try to unpack right there. No lovely chain. The trauma is real. It, it was real. <laughs> it's because it, I, I remember the feeling that was around me, even though I'm, I'm a kind of person, no matter the weight of the environment around me, for some reason, I'll drag the weight with me. It's just, I'm just that kind of person. I just drag it along. Like recently, uh, I had to move out of my office because we were going to remote work. And I filmed it to, for, for my wife and was like, oh, shoot, I didn't know how much work I, I was cut off for, but I needed to head back home to, you know, obviously the puppy was at home panicking. So I videotaped, she's like, oh, you're going to be there the entire day. I was there for two and a half hours. What, what looked like a half day scenario is just for me is I'm a very quick person. I don't care what the obstacles are. I'll make a way. And my mom, I felt around that time when I was graduating or I was leaving or whatever it was, my parents, even though she wasn't around, my aunt, everybody felt like they were an obstacle to me. They were just in the way. Did they understand how to better parent or even give me some kind of, because a lot of times too, especially when you're a kid, you're, you're definitely afraid of the next step. You, you're like going to college, it's, it's, it's daunting. Going to a whole other city, you've never been outside this city, at least not that far. You know, like you're going out, out here eight hours away, or whatever it is, in a place that you've never been to, with people you've never really met. It's not like you're going with a lot of friends either. You might, you know, you might want one or two people that's going. But in the end of the day, you're going through this process and it's a lot of pressure, especially for young black and brown millennials first generation that's never been to college as well it's a lot of pressure and on top of that you feel like the people are not there for you they're not making it easier they're not even patting you on the back and say you know what it's gonna be okay they're not or they don't even do that like my, when i had to go to the marine corps it was one of the saddest things i ever seen i could still recall it in my mind like i just packed my stuff i'm looking around like i'm i'm leaving 
you know, I'm got to go. You know, like nobody was, was trying it. to hug nothing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I got in the car. I drove out. And the worst part, the funniest part, we drove, I guess they picked me up in like a shuttle. So they, they're trying to pick up this other kid. And the, the guy, he went inside. The, the door swung open. And it, they were having a whole family celebration for this guy. Straight up family celebration. Aww. Like, you know, they get like the door kind of opens and it closes. It's like a sign. So they closes the door and he's like, they're leaving and the whole family stands outside. Bye. You know, the little kids have no idea what's going on. Bye. I'm like, this is the, I'm like, this is sad. In comparison, I had none of that. I think that kid was a Jewish kid or something. But ultimately, we went to, um, yeah, went to the Marines and stuff like that. And that guy actually failed out. So, Ah, in your face, all that cuddling and coddling did not help you in the Marine Corps, did it? Like, so this is my own personal gripe against that guy. So I, I wanted to, this is full circle. I just wanted to tell the story that, so I could say, in your face, you didn't make it. You didn't make it. Coddling. But yeah. He was just, just ready to say that story. Ah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did see him again. I was like, wow, man. But yeah, to, to the point of trying to make here is that a lot of people do become obstacles for you. And I'd hope that if you have kids now, and I get it, they might know more than you do. They might be them, you know, they could be elect- electronic engineers, you know, NASA scientists, physicians, so on and so forth. Let them be who they are. They're not going to not love you, if, even if they're going to learn something, you know, different than what you've learned. You got to allow them to make those mistakes, but you got to also support them as well. Trauma time, trauma. Lovely. Your mom was like on board. Or are you going to be weird again? She got, I came in late. I'm just going to be weird. Mm-mm. My mom really supported me. I'm sorry. I, I don't. Man, have she any... cannot relate. That. <laughs> oh, shoot. My mom was. It's really... just us. It's always the trauma. Like you, you don't whip kids. You don't do nothing. Like, you know, they, they didn't touch me, but I cried anyways. <laughs> you know, I have tra- traumatic things that happen, but it's not because of my mom. So I don't know. Damn, you could have said something you know positive you say i can't relate to that all that stories that you guys have <laughs> shared i cannot relate at all my mom was on board teaching me how to drive holding my hand in she class. did if my mom so she was let passing me tell you notes guys, let me tell you about the driving story right so my mom was teaching me how to drive and she only got to do three lessons for me before she had to stroke so she taught me how to drive I had three lessons. She's like, and my aunt, as soon as my mom went to the coma, she took the keys and said, you can't drive. As soon as my mom woke up out of the coma, that was like the biggest argument between my aunt. And my mom said, Kite lovely quantity, which is like, let lovely drive because and the three times I went to her, she knows enough to get herself back and forth to school. And so my aunt had to give me back the keys because I was looking at her like, I told you, because my mama don't play about me. Like, eh. You know, being a bratty kid, of course. So <laughs> I was able to privileged have my mom. kids out here. Look at these privileged kids <laughs> and their entitlement and their confidence. I didn't have that kind of confidence. Struggled all my life. Struggled so inherently, life. had she not done that and had not been who she was at 18, I really would have struggled. My mom... I literally sacrificed a lot. I was able to do my nursing in, in um, high school. She would be waking up at five o'clock in the morning, make sure I get to my nursing, like, you know, getting to the, because, you know, we weren't going to high school. We were actually going to like nursing homes and hospitals. So she would make sure and we would kind of carpool with the other people around us. And 
when I was not doing well the first semester of nursing, she's like, girl, you need to stop studying with people because you know you don't do well when you study with others. And you do well when you study by yourself. And so she's been, in terms of my education, yeah, the only thing that my mom wasn't supportive of me about was dating. That was like the only thing. She's like, oh, Papa, I think you did again. Got something, got the level. You need your education. That was the one thing that she was like, hung go, which I, I look at it differently now because I felt like I had a lot of, a lot more maturity. I think I would have survived getting married at that time. At least that's how I feel. That's the story I told myself. Maybe, maybe not. Whatever. But that's the only thing I can tell you that she was like, hung go, no about. I was going to get married at 21, 22, and she was like, hell no. And clearly I listened to her, which I, you know, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. But, but everything else in terms of like school, yeah, she was always hella supportive. I can't, I believe the, she, she scored an A in that class, okay? She's like, don't talk about my mama. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, all in all, um, with this new data that has been presented to everyone, with is the project is called Opportunity Atlas. Um, I'll make sure to include that in the show notes if you want to just reference to it. But I think it's amazing data where you can actually uh, research your um, your state, but also it goes down and filtered down to your uh, zip code about the potential of social mobility and having value um, in your uh, social, you know, just environment, but also your relationships that you build over time. Um, and and it's, it's something to be said that, you know, um, depending on your location, depending on what the proxy that you're located to, can really have a, uh, a vast and significant impact on where you may you know, fall into in the next five or 10 years. So it's, it's just a good, you know, conversation I want to bring up. And I think we touch on a lot of things from just, you know, the proxy, the, the mindset, and just having these relationships that will be able to um, help you in the long run. And just ultimately help you become a better person. That's really what it is. Because um, it's one thing to have money, but if you're not in a, a good mindset, being a grounded person, money is not going to help you. <laughs> it's not going to help you at all. So make sure you, you're taking stock of your relationships. And if it's not relationship that you want to have, then I think it's a great opportunity to ask yourself what type of relationship that you do you value, and how can I be more intermingled with different other types of people that I would like to become friends with and kind of build that rapport with. So I will leave that in the show notes. Any lasting things that anyone else want to say? Yes. Um, one of those things I remember because of this um, topic is that in the Northeast, they pay teachers better. So there's different places uh, in which you might be doing the same exact thing, but they pay better. So there's a pay difference that's so extreme that you have to be willing to move. I think that's part of the process as well. You have to be willing to leave your social circle, leave the, the comfort zone and decide to move. There've been articles over and over again about those people that stayed at that one job for too long, miss out on the opportunity to really scale their income upwards as well. So if you're staying for a job for like two to three years and they didn't promote you or they, you know, or anything like that, it's likely that you need to just start working on more credentials or whatever it is and really start positioning yourself for another interview at another job because that's going to make the, the world of the difference if you're a teacher for in that that same example if you're a teacher in south florida making like what 40k a year or something like that and you you know you don't see the the way up you could literally make around like 80k minimum in like maryland you gotta be willing to change 
So if you're not willing to do that, you just you settle for the 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 neighboring area, which I think that's also part of the the article. Is like some areas just don't pay that well. They're gonna never pay that well. Maybe they have a low cost of living, low cost of whatever, but at the end of the day, they just don't pay that well because the entire state doesn't make that much. But in some other places where they value that more, why not move? I'm pretty sure there's other places that you can be, and it's not like the end of the world. For some people, they try to pack everything like this other place don't have a Walgreens or CVS or Walmart. Like every place got all these things that you're looking for. So don't overdo it. Just remember, just geo arbitrage is not a bad thing, and you can always fly home eventually when you feel like it. But you you miss on the opportunity of making good money in your lifetime if you just stay stuck around the same people doing the same thing and not learning new uh, new ways of life and new ways that you can actually find happiness. So you're not a tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're not a, you're not a tree, so don't stay planted. Oh, bars. <laughs> so yes, you can find me. All the time at www.theneighborhoodfinanceguy, where I post a lot of financial blogs and really my you know financial journey with my wife. Um, and we actually recently, you know, we reached one million dollars worth of assets. Hey, one million worth of assets. I waited for you to to place it out. Well, I'm not on social media right place now. Place it out. I yeah, put it out. Asset. I put it out. You, oh, you, you did already. Okay. Yeah, I get like two or three likes. There. They don't know. They oh, don't. Okay. They don't know. It's cool. It's cool. Whatever. Hey, I ain't mad at the people that ain't liking it. I'm living my life. <laughs> And I'll pass it over to everybody else. Yeah, you can find me on the IG streets at Atlanta underscore Elson, A-L-C-I-N, where I just like to share when I'm ready to share my things. But I'm really active on um, on my IG stories whenever I am on IG or just DM me. Um, we also want to just place it out there that, you know, we will be present, the TFG crew at the FinCon uh, this year in Orlando, Florida. So DM us if you're attending or just want to just have a conversation that we are here. And you can find me at Lovely Mardellis all over the interwebs. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Griot Podcast powered by the Wealth Builders Collective.